I'm George, and this is Health Uncovered. Mental health, taking control. If I had a bad day, I'll just listen to music and then just try to get myself a bit happy again. I know a lot of people who self-harm. They don't like telling their close friends or really anyone because a lot of people see it as trying to get attention. The hardest thing you can do is to actually admit to yourself that you need help with a few emotions. Hello, I'm Kel Spellman and welcome to Health Uncovered, where along with a group of young people, I'm going to be taking a look at some of the health issues that affect people like you every single day. We're going to be tackling the sticky issues, having the tough conversations and answering the big questions that you've been wanting the answers for. Now today, we're in Dorset and on today's show, we're going to be focusing on how to take control of your own mental health. Now there are loads of other topics and issues discussed in this series, so please make sure you check them out because honestly we cover absolutely everything. So mental health, it's often a bit difficult to talk about but because we don't talk about it much we also don't talk about little things that you can do to help with your own mental health. Today we're going to learn some of the positive and practical ways that you can use to help cope with emotions like pressure, stress and anxiety. Feelings I think we all come across in our day-to-day -day lives. So please keep listening, you never know this stuff could change your life. As with every one of our episodes in Health Uncovered, I could not be doing this on my own. I've enlisted the help of some young people who are here with me today. We'll start with, to my left, we've got... Paige. Kai. Sean. Caitlin. You all all right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you all for being here. Now, um, we're going to dive straight in with a little game, okay? Because I think it's safe to say we all get angry or upset at some points in, the, in our day, in our lives. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I think it would be good if we just kind of got maybe a little thing that's annoying us off our chest, just to get it all out there and feel a bit better about it. So I'll get us going. People spending too much time with their heads down on the phones. Very annoying. Was sat on a tube, saw, saw a lovely old couple get on. Nobody offered them a seat because they're all on the phone. Lift your heads up, people. Feels good, actually. Feel it's out there now. It's done, do you know what I mean? Paige, any little gripes? People walking in lines in front of you on the street? Yes. You can't get around them. You can't. Walking a straight line, isn't it? Caitlin. Okay, so it's when people are walking really slow. Like, so you're in a rush somewhere. Yeah. And people are walking really slow. And I'm there trying to get past them, but then they sort of move to the, like, sides. So then Because oh. they're on their oh, phone. No. The reason is they're on their phone. So they're, they're too busy on their phone walking. If you want to do that, phone. move to the side. I like that. Caitlin's kind of combined as well. Like, myself and Paige's little annoyances there into a, a real big annoyance. Yeah. Feel better speaking about it? Yeah. We are finding ourselves getting worked up, then we need to do something about it. And here, to give us some advice on the things we could do, I've enlisted the help of the Dorset School Nurses team, who are... Janet. And... Carol. Thank you so much for being here today. So, everyone has emotions, and I think it's safe to say that every now and then we can all lose control of them sometimes. You know, it's something that happens on our day-to-day -day lives, maybe on a week-to-week -week basis, but it definitely happens. First thing I want to ask is, do you think that we should feel happy all of the time? Yes, definitely. No. 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 Woo! Controversial! We'll begin with Sean, and then we'll, we'll see, see what you guys are saying as well. Sean? Well, I think you should, because, well, I don't know, I'm just quite an optimistic person, and I think if you go sad or if you go angry, then that's just going to distract you from all the good things, and I like to stay optimistic, because it keeps you ahead, and you keep your head forward. You never look back or down, and, yeah, being optimistic's great. Caitlin or Paige, you said no. Everyone has a bad day. You can't always be happy all the time because then, you know, you're 
body or whatever is just going to be tired of being happy and if someone passes away you can't be happy about that of course you're going to be sad what does it feel like do you think as when let's say your mental health well-being isn't so good what feelings would you associate with kind of your mental health not being in its kind of best place I think sometimes you get that little feeling of like that little tension in your body where you feel tense so like mm-hmm. you make a fist or something when you feel angry. I do that sometimes like when someone really says something or does something that hurts you or your friends you kind of you always feel that tense moment where you feel like you want to do something about it. If I had a bad day I'll just listen to music and then just try to get myself back you know, like to like okay let's listen to some happy music Let, let's make myself a bit happy again. So usually when I feel a bit down, I just listen to some music trying to make myself a bit jolly again. Do you think young people around kind of your ages struggle with their emotions? Well, yeah, because they don't really want to make it seem like it's a big deal. So if they're sad or anything, they don't really want to go tell their parents because, you know, they'll feel like their parents will take it the wrong way. And so, of course, they're going to, like, just put it away behind them like it's nothing. But then really it's just going to build up inside them. Yeah. Do you find that that's kind of quite a common thing, just letting these feelings fester? Yeah, I think young people tend to sort of, they tend to harbour, they tend to hang on to their, their emotions and and I guess it's just trying to work out ways in which you can express those emotions in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And in the right way as well. Yeah. What other kind of ways do you have to deal with those kind of feelings and thoughts? Say if you are feeling a little bit kind of angry, sad or frustrated, you mentioned Kai that you like to go listen to music. Yeah. I listen to music all the time. Music is the best source, my my personal view, but I think it's always good to get stressed out on games or watch films. I've noticed that if you, you get lost in that film and it gives you a good chance to completely escape all the issues and mm-hmm. join in in the story and get out of your life. Yes. The same with video games. And I think that's a great way from avoiding pain or sadness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so nurses, let's say if we are feeling a little bit angry a little bit stressed or a little bit frustrated. Do you have any kind of quick little self-help techniques that might be able to kind of help us out? Maybe if we're on the way into school, you know, if we're heading towards an exam and we just want to maybe chill out and just try and try and get my, my mental health in a, in a good space. I think Kai's already mentioned about listening to music. That's something that you could try, whether mm-hmm. it's that or the radio. One thing that I've done with young people which has worked is something called square breathing where you find something that's square and normally wherever you are you can find something that's square whether that's a window, a table, piece of paper and you focus on that square or rectangle shape and then you concentrate then on your breathing so you breathe in while looking up at the square then you breathe out when you look across and then you breathe in when you look down and then you breathe out when you look across and you do that five or six times, nice and slowly, and it controls your breathing and it can calm you down. That actually sounds quite cool. That's, yeah. Doing that there then when you were talking through was, I was getting lost in the piece of paper. <laughs> and it, it takes the focus of what you're thinking about and actually concentrate on your breathing rather than your stresses or your anger. You can use it if you're an exam as well to calm yourself down. Nice. Mm. Yes, of course. Great. Because you can't just get up and walk out. I kind of use all of this, the music. Like sometimes when you take a shower, you listen to the water. If you listen carefully and peacefully, close your eyes, that can fix so much mm. and make you feel so much more peaceful afterwards. I think doodling's quite a nice doodling one just to take really your mind really off things, good. isn't it? Yeah. Other thing I wanted to touch on was anxiety. Do you know what anxiety is? Or what do you think anxiety is? I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not actually quite sure, what is it? <laughs> 
I'm quite close to this um, topic because I have experienced anxiety and a bit of depression here and there. But um, usually it, it strikes you at like no point, at no point, because I was sitting with my family because <coughs> it was my mum's and my dad's um, marriage celebration and we were at a party. Then suddenly I got a massive panic attack, like something's going to happen, and I got really scared. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, what's happening. And I thought, like, someone's going to come nick me or something like that. So it's just like, it kind of strikes you like quite unnotified time. If you don't mind, what kind of so what were you feeling then? Was it kind of. Um, I was scared. I thought I was going to have to tell my mum, saying, I can't stay here anymore, I have to leave, I'm sorry. It kind of felt like I was fearing for my life, to be honest. Did you know what reasons were bringing those feelings on? I think it's like your mind makes up stuff. It's like, because when I was sitting there, I was like, oh, happy. It's like, oh, this is such great. I took drinks and it's like, sit back. And then my thing's rushing there. It's like, oh, someone's going to bash in the door. Someone's going to come in. And it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And I was like, I thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got really, really worried. Really important to note that anxiety is normal. Everyone um, will experience anxiety and some level of anxiety is completely normal. But when it becomes overwhelming and taking over your life um, and taking over things that you actually are physically unable to do anymore, then that's when it becomes a problem. So anxiety are things like um, your heart racing, sweating. Feeling nauseous. Yeah, but sometimes you can feel like you can't do something or you can't be in that situation or you can't be with that person or you can't do whatever it is you're being asked to do. Um, Probably nine times out of ten, the easiest option is to take yourself away, which is what people do, rather than talk about it or face up to what it is that's causing that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is really difficult to deal with. For the people listening who are connecting with this and it's resonating, what advice would you give to them, Kai? If you're feeling like you can't stay there anymore, tell your parents immediately, otherwise it might go to, like, extreme Boil over. Yeah, yeah, like, really extreme levels. Like, you can't stay there. You actually walk out of the place by yourself and then you get more worried because you don't know where you are going or anywhere, but you just try to find, like, where your where safe places, like, mostly, like, with your family or anything. Texting your friends and family is really good, even if they're not around. Like, that's what, one of the good things about social media is the fact that you can reach these people who can help you, even if you feel alone. Like, if you're in a place where nobody's there, it's so good to try and have that contact uh, with people, even if they're not around. So texting and chatting, just in case, it's great. One other thing that you can try as well is visualisation. So obviously trying to imagine that you're somewhere else. So finding that fantastic place that you want to be or uh, somewhere where you've been before that you really enjoyed yourself or found yourself relaxed. Kind of imagining that you're either doing that or you're in that place will relax you. If you're visualising that you're led on the beach, the waves... And just listening to everything that's going around or focusing on a bird that's chirping rather than what's going on in your brain. Yeah. It just re- relax you. Going to move on, I want to talk about these kind of feelings and thoughts that we're talking about. If we don't deal with them, if we do let them build up inside us, mm. what can be the consequences if we're not listening to what our mind and our bodies are telling us? You can lose quite a lot of your close friends by taking out all your anger out with them instead of taking it out with simple stuff. Let's say a stress ball, drawing, or even listening to music. Stress ball. They build it up so much and they just let it out in one go and just get angry with everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's how usually people fall out with their parents, their friends, yeah. everything like that. If there is someone who kind of really isn't dealing with any of their emotions at all and he's just totally ignoring them, 
but can feel that they're maybe acting a bit out of character. Where where can you end up if you carry on down that road? Worst case scenario, obviously, self-harm. Mm. OK, what's self-harm? Self-harm, it, it's like an umbrella of things such as cutting and burning or overdosing, scratching, punching, hitting, oh. alcohol, drugs, mm -hmm. eating disorders. It's, it's a big term for coping mechanisms. What could be the triggers then for kind of getting to that place, you know, if you, if you are going to physically hurt yourself? Each individual will have a different trigger. Obviously, it's not just cutting, which people think self-harm mm. is. There's so many different things which are classed as self-harm. And I don't think there's any way of recognising when someone is going to be at that stage, but it will get too much. That might be one of their options that they think might can let their emotions out. A yeah. coping mechanism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who self-harm. Really, Paige? Like, a lot of people. Friends? Know. I mean, some of them, some not. And, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, um, how do you know and kind of what's your experience been with it? Well, they feel comfortable talking to me about it, but they don't like telling their close friends or really anyone because a lot of people see it as trying to get attention if you self-harm. So yeah. they try to keep it hidden to themselves or just tell like one or two close friends because a lot of people make fun of you for doing it and say you just think for attention, you just want people to like you more, yeah. and feel sorry for you. Do you know any of the reasons behind them kind of getting to that point? I mean, for most of them, it's just like school stress, bullying, family problems. There isn't really like a real reason for it. It's just a big range of things. Yeah. And are there telltale signs that you can kind of notice um, if someone is, is kind of going through that? If, you know, there's people just think about their friends or anything, what would you say? There's literally no signs normally. There can be a really happy person on the outside, but really they're really like depressed or sad. You just literally can't tell unless I tell you most of the time. Some of my friends, I've gone to them and asked them about it and they've either admitted it or denied it or something, but you can't tell, they're just like ordinary people. Um, and what advice do you give them or, or would you give to maybe someone listening who's kind of relating to what you're saying? You should find someone to talk to even if you don't know them very well, just one person that can understand and help you with it is really important. Yeah. You don't have to give us numbers, but would I be quite shocked to how many people... Very shocked. Really? Very shocked. And how long has it been going on for? Well, or? for one of them, since they were in first school. And at what point did they start talking to you? It was quite recently. They've, I've only known them since we joined upper school. So they didn't talk to anyone while they were in first school or middle school, but I approached them. And at first they were a bit, they don't want to talk about it, but because I'm there for them, I won't tell anyone or anything like that, I won't make fun of them, and they talk to me more about it. Like one of my friends, she was able to stop for years, and I talked to her recently and she told me she's started again because she hasn't gone on to talk to you about it. It's very sad, but um, at least knowing that there's someone like you in the life, it um, sort of helps them out, it's so sad. I'm not going to go on because I'll end up flipping crying. Um, sorry, what other... Um, Nurses' techniques, then, if, if you know, for those friends? Well, in Dorset especially, we were fully aware that there was self-harm obviously going on within our schools and that there was not really many resources or knowledge or anything out there within schools that could help. So we embarked on the self-help, not self-harm campaign and we did produce little booklets for those young people who were self-harming which gave them alternatives to um, self-harming, signposting them to various websites if they're not comfortable talking face-to-face. -face. The reason that there, there wasn't really much out there around self-help when it came to self-harm. School nurses obviously 
we are in schools, we can do face-to-face appointments, we can do one-to-one appointments. Um, Sometimes we get involved in assemblies, sometimes we go into schools and do little group chats. We also refer to other agencies as well, so it's not just school nurses by themselves, we do refer to CAMS, which is a child and mental health service. Yeah, we're doing a podcast on that actually. Brilliant. But I think the the most important thing is for them to realise that they're not alone Mm -hmm. and that there is always someone out there or something that is going to help them and we're here. So just to recap on some self-help things that you can do, be kind to yourself, go and make yourself, go and run yourself a nice bath and put some lovely smellies in there. Do something for somebody else, go and make them a cup of tea, just you know, take yourself away from the situation and try and find company from elsewhere. Go and visit family or friends, or go and read a book if you love reading, or go downstairs and watch some telly and maybe in company as well. Do some sport or some exercise, or listen to some music, or go and bake, go in the kitchen and, and get cooking. Oh yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> And you get food on the other side of it as well. Absolutely. And life gets you down, eat the bacon. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly is talk. Yes. Go and find someone to share how you're feeling. We've touched upon being able to talk to, you know, healthcare professionals kind of like yourselves. But there is a great service that is around in some place. I've been lucky enough, they've done it in a few places where we've recorded the podcast, but here, which is like a texting service. Chat Health. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Can you tell us about Chat Health, please? Chat Health is an anonymous texting service for young people from the ages of 11 to 19 to text into the number. It's run by school nurses, the Dorset School Nursing Team, and you can text anything in health-related and get some advice and support. Completely confidential, completely anonymous. There's a, a nurse that's on duty every day, Monday to Friday, and they will respond to whatever it is your query is and signpost you or give you advice. Belton. Well, I think we better do it. I think it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Can we do it? Can we try it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Do we know the number? 07480635511. Okay, 07480635511. And then what do I text? I'd like to talk about something. Anyone, anyone, anyone want to draft me the text now, right? Yeah. So, hi, can you help me with something that has happened to school? I'm hoping yeah. uh, you can give me an insight of what I could do to help. Okay, I'm going to put a little kiss on there, just be kind, <laughs> saying, listen, we're on nice terms. It's been sent. How long do you think it would take for them to text back? We will find out. Mm. Well, hopefully, might have something back before we finish recording. While we're waiting on that, should we talk about mental health more honestly? Yeah, yes. Do you think in time you will? Would you now after this chat? The hardest thing you can do is to actually admit to yourself that you need help with a few emotions. And as soon as you said that to yourself, you know, your second question is, how am I going to do that? And I think it's really hard because you don't really want people to know that you need help mm. because people, you never know what people's reactions like. People are known to be quite horrible. I'm so sorry to interrupt you there, Sean, but I okay, think this yeah. could be chat hell. It is. Yes. The response says, Hi, I'm Joe. I'm the nurse on Chat Health today. Thank you for being brave and contacting us. Before we continue, I need to inform our, of our confidentiality statement. I will be right here. Nice. And then, so she'll send that through and then we can start the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is belting. 
that's a really great little service. And so that chat health service that I've just texted there was for Dorset. That number was for this area. But depending on which area you're, you're in, it will be a different number uh, for you guys to use for chat health. But you'll be able to find that online for your local chat health number. It's a different way, so if you don't want to face somebody, then you can actually... It's a starting point for, yeah. for young people who may be struggling to do the face-to-face -face option. Pick up on what finish you were saying, sorry, before, James. How would you approach someone like, what do you say? Because, I, you know, when sometimes you kind of find yourself wanting to kind of chat about someone, it's like, I wouldn't know where to begin with it. Sometimes writing it down. If, they, if you find it difficult to actually say what you mean or actually sometimes not knowing how you're feeling, writing stuff down. Sometimes people find it easier to actually come and speak to somebody that they, they don't relate to within school. It's that outside, that third person. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we are confidential as well is sort of reassuring to students that that information won't be shared outside of the, the room we're in. Unless there's a safeguarding concern, of course. Are there any other kind of places where you could signpost to for people online, maybe, or...? Recommended websites such as Young Minds, Childline, Samaritans. And also here in Dorset, the school nursing team have done a self-help, not self-harm campaign. In schools, there are posters up and any young person that is identified as maybe struggling with self-harm, there is a booklet which can be given to that young person with distraction techniques, the useful websites. Is that hey, this little book of self-help? Yes. Yeah. So basically, it's a kind of small little booklet. And even on the front it says going for a walk, talking to friends. Oh, it's got everything, everything we've kind of chatted about here. No, mm -hmm. so that's there around to get as well. Yes. Perfect. Well, guys, it's been an absolute treat chatting with you all. Thank you all very much. That is it for another episode of Health Uncovered with me, Kel Spellman. I want to say a massive thank you to our team today for sitting around here and talking about mental health with me, to Kai, to Sean, to Paige, to Caitlin. It can be quite a tough thing to talk about as we've spoken about here, but whatever your age is, and if it is yourself or, or someone you know maybe having any problems, there are plenty of places to turn. There are also plenty of little tools that we've kind of discussed here that might help you in the short term. And, and just remember, guys, it is absolutely okay to be feeling this way it's very normal we all go through it and our emotions are always kind of up and down but the thing that i've picked up the most is just acknowledge it talk about it and find someone whoever that might be whether it is an anonymous tech service whether it is someone in school whether it is your best friend whether it is your family just talk to someone someone is always there for you you do not need to be on your own and please, as well, just my business side of things, don't forget to check out our other podcast episodes in Health Uncovered, where we tackle a whole load more health issues for young people and hopefully answer some of the questions that you've been asking. Guys, thank you so much. I've been Kel Spellman, and this was Health Uncovered. This is Health Uncovered with Dorset Healthcare University Foundation Trust. Health Uncovered is recorded with NHS professionals who help young people, like school and public health nurses. To find out how to get confidential support with any health issue, speak to your GP or ask in school.